Hello and welcome to the Hotel Marketing Show. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things hotel marketing. We're going to talk about things that are happening in the industry, insights, things that all hotel marketers or anybody that has an interest in hotel marketing wants to know about. My name is Victoria. And I'm Nadine. And we're the hosts of the Hotel Marketing Show. To kick off the podcast today, in this episode, we're going to be talking with Tobias, Chief Commercial Officer at Big Mama Hotels, and Sonia, Brand Strategist and Co-Founder of Studio Formfrage, about a huge topic of rebranding and how to approach this as an already established hotel. Super excited for this episode. It's going to be a good one. So to get things started, thank you so much for joining us today, Tobias and Sonia. Can you give us a little bit of an introduction to who you are, maybe a little bit about some um, of your hobbies or share a bit about your background too? I'm super excited to be here. I'm pretty nervous because I'm not that used to talk English anymore. So yeah, excuse my bad English, but let's see how this uh, goes today here. Normally I'm pretty talkative, but yeah, <laughs> let's see how this ends. Yeah, I'm Sonia and I'm to be a sidekick for today <laughs> so to say i'm 38 years old i live close to cologne and yeah i have 15 years of experience in marketing and communication related stuff but i'm kind of a newbie to the hotel industry so yeah that's my background very nice very nice and tobias hi and first of all thank you so much for having us this is awesome and uh, it's not true what Sonia said. She's not the sidekick. She's the main character. Without her, this wouldn't have been possible. So yeah, that had to be said. Yeah. What, what about me? I joined Big Mama Hotels about eight months ago. Before that, I worked at Ruby Hotels and yeah, for about seven years and went through different roles, different things there, learned a lot about how to build a company, how to scale a company and this is actually what I'm trying to, yeah, to do also now for Big Mama Hotels together with David, Hannes and the whole team. And yeah, what else is there to say? Um, I have a family with two kids, two girls. They're wonderful, crazy. And yeah, they're basically keeping me up and uh, running <laughs> around. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's, yeah. There's not much. I missed that to... one. <laughs> I'm uh, kind of a bad mother, I guess. I have a son too. <laughs> I have one of my husband too. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I do have a wife. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Like> Kathleen. <laughs> Perfect. And another question. So we get a little bit more of a vibe about your hobbies and your free time. So if it's not with the kids, what is one hobby that maybe you took up recently or have been doing for a while and want to keep doing? Yeah. What do you do in your free time? Yeah, uh, maybe it's kind of boring or very predictable as it was a hype in, I guess, 2020, but I started hula hooping. And, oh, uh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I had this hoop for, I guess, three or four years, but uh, didn't manage to keep it up. And well, I'm not so patient to practice, but uh, yeah, we were in isolation a few months ago. So I had a lot of time and uh, yeah, now I can hula hoop, what's really great. And yeah, maybe that's some kind of benefit of the pandemic yeah, to, to learn something new. And my son learned to ride a bike in the first lockdown. So, and I learned to hula hoop in the first isolation we had. So maybe that's a family memory. I don't know. <laughs> I totally yeah. thought that you were going to say running. And then when you said hula hooping, I was honestly like so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have hula hooping before. No, that's a really new one. That's really a new awesome. One. 
<laughs> would you be surprised if this would be my, the same hobby I have? <laughs> no, no, it's not. I don't know. I should try it maybe sometime. No, I started uh, stand-up paddling uh, last year uh, or two years ago sometime during Corona and yeah, to get away a little bit <laughs> to have some few minutes for myself and to just work out at the same time to relax and yeah. The other hobby is to get my hands dirty in the garden to besides sitting at the desk all day and just thinking this really keeps me uh, grounded in yeah really grounded you will <laughs> literally, to, literally literally grounded. thanks yeah exactly and that's uh, that's also a nice way to to just do things with your hands yeah that's awesome is it like a like an ornamental garden or like vegetables or like what have you got going in the garden at the moment well we moved to leipzig two years ago and basically that's uh, the foundation for everything we just recently built something for the vegetables where we now have tomatoes in there and try to keep them alive somehow and maybe even eat at some point from them it's really nice yeah perfect time of year to be into gardening as well now it's like this is when all the all the exciting stuff starts happening anyway yeah absolutely <laughs> awesome and sonia this i i don't know if you have an answer for this one is this is a hotel industry related but like we'd love to hear what you um have to say anyway but the question for you guys is what's something that you want to see in the hotel industry in 2022 yeah i'm kind of biased i guess because i always look at the hotel industry from a guest perspective and also from the from the branding kind of view but i would love to see more or, or less looking left or right and more looking inside so i would love the hotel industry to to uncover the the culture they already have and to to find a way to be more individual or show more personality i guess because i always wonder when i check in into a hotel i always wonder about the person behind the desk so what, who is he or she and yeah, what kind of hobbies she might have or something like that, because they're always wearing a uniform and they're not showing their, their true personality, I guess. So, and yeah, that is something I would love to see more. Nice. You said at the start that you're like biased, like coming from a guest point of view, but I think that that's always like for everybody so important is to know what are the guests actually uh, care about or think about anyway. So I think that's awesome. That's a really great perspective to share. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, especially when I have my commercial glasses on, there should be higher rates. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> guys, please raise your rates. <laughs> you're worth it. <laughs> know your worth. And yeah. That's, that's actually something because I think I really hope also that our industry uh, gets out of its cocoon and really is proud and to be working again and finally having guests in the house again, but also to consider that now everything is more costly and this should be reflected on the rates as well. And it's, it's such a pity that some people or some brands don't really know their own worth or just try to... Yeah, I don't know why, but they have too low of rates. Do you think it has something to do with that they're scared about, or they're not scared, maybe it's the wrong word, but the priority is being, okay, let's fill up the hotel rather than having higher rates and less occupancy? Yeah, they, I can imagine there are very different reasons uh, for the different brands. I think some do this on purpose to get rid of the competition. They, they have enough funding available to say okay we can afford to sell rates for 40 50 euro or something and uh, we will not die but if the competition yeah does not follow yeah we will all have all the guests so this kind of a this cutthroat approach and others 
yeah, might be forced to this due to the other brands and they don't really know their worth. And may, maybe, and that's where it comes close to what Sonia also say, said, they don't really know who they are. And if you don't know who you are, how can you communicate this to others and yeah, can really yeah, step in for the radio off offering and having reasons available to communicate why you, you're selling on this different and maybe even higher rate. Well, <laughs> let's see. Hopefully 2022 will bring more of uh, what you both wish for, more, more personality and higher rates. <laughs> <laughs> also, huge congratulations on the launch. I also saw yesterday you're opening the third hotel now in Dortmund. So it sounds like a very, very exciting time for you guys at the moment. huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much uh, for mentioning this. Yes, we signed Dortmund on Tuesday and this is crazy <laughs> and we're opening up in July so in about four weeks oh wow uh, <laughs> this wow. is going to be really tough and interesting because yeah, there's a lot to do and we're really happy and lucky that uh, we already went through this process of rebranding and know who we are and know how to communicate ourselves and that we know how we can also pick up the, the existing staff members to explain who they are working for and who they're working with now. And yeah, I think that helps already to give them something to orientate and to hopefully also identify with. That's awesome. And if in case anybody's listening and is maybe not 100% sure what we're talking about, Big Mama Hotels just recently had uh, or launched their new rebrand. And yeah, like Nadine said, it looks amazing. It's, yeah, it's really cool. So I'll, I'll also put some links in the show notes as well. So you can go and um, have a little squiz and check that out as well. Cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So basically today, like Nadine said, at the start of the podcast, we want to talk actually more about this rebrand, but also in case there's anybody listening that's like, how did you even decide to do this? Like, where did it start? Like, how do you even go about doing this? So that's really what we want to talk about today. So maybe to, to kick off, like, can you share a little bit of the story behind the rebrand? So maybe like, why did you decide to rebrand and like, where has the brand gone now with uh, the, the direction that you've taken? Sure. Yeah, of course. So David, our CEO asked me about a year ago or something, if I know somebody who could scale big mama hotels with him. And uh, during that time, I was totally occupied with something different. I said, yeah, I'll think about who I know. And I do have some two, three cool, great minds who, who might fit for that. And at some point I realized, man, that could be me. <laughs> so we got together. And since I moved to Leipzig anyways, we watched a lot of football and met for a beer here and there and also talked about big mama hotels and what could be the plan for the next years and so yeah we decided to work together and make this bigger and make this an attractive brand that has more than two hotels uh, or hostel in germany in the world and our big goal actually is to have a hotel in london in 2030 to celebrate his 40th birthday and that's what we're working <laughs> towards and step one next hotel in dortmund check so we are it's now up to us to to really kick this off in a way that it works and to prove that we're not only here to talk but to also do and yeah i think doing things is what we love to do and creating experiences and yeah that's why we also said and analyzed yeah that the existing brand was okay and it worked well for the last eight years or nine years however it doesn't really represent what 
big mama hotels really consists of and the values we stand for it doesn't communicate that to the outside yes for us everybody who's involved it's totally clear people who know us better they know how lively we are we are how how happy the staff is etc and what kind of atmosphere in the hotels is but this doesn't really or it didn't really come across with with the logos or and the, the appearance the brand appearance in the past so we decided this this has to change and we have to analyze a little bit more and that's actually where i approached sonia at the hotel camp in november last year and because i know she she had a lot of experience with marketing she was responsible for the brand strategy of one of the biggest German power supplier and yeah she she's such a creative mind so I, I thought I have to talk to her and told her yeah we need a new logo <laughs> that's basically <laughs> where it starts and, <laughs> yeah maybe Sonia you want to <laughs> say something about that as well <laughs> Yeah, yes, we need a new logo was the first approach from CBS. And yeah, that is most of the time clients ask for a new logo, but often they don't have a basis to, to work on a new logo or on a new visual identity because oftentimes they don't know about their own identity or what makes them really different from the, the competitors and what are their benefits, what are their brand assets. And so what we do is always to dive a little deeper <laughs> at that point and yeah fortunately it turned out very well that we're not talking about the logo anymore but about the brand strategy and uh, positioning as well and yeah so that was actually one of our questions as well to say how do you choose an agency partner where do you start i know you mentioned now that you got talking at hotel camp so i guess that was the first step in you choosing that that would work well with sonia but what were some of the other factors that you considered and seeing how does this work together? Yeah, how can the partnership look like? Yeah, several reasons led to this decision. And uh, Sonia wasn't the only one we were talking to. And um, of course, I made up my mind, who do I know from the past who might be a fit also to us because for us it's it's a big thing to change the brand identity or in our case, what we thought, yeah, we changed the logo, but still <laughs> it was it was the big mama baby who was who's uh, yeah, a family business and so many people involved for the last eight years they got used to the brand they got used to everything there and now we're taking this baby away and making something out of it and we had to make sure that we are we trust the person or the persons we work with and that we feel like they taking us serious and not only want to make a quick dollar out of it and really also know what they are talking about, that they have um, maybe also a different approach because for us at Big Mama, we, we try to always challenge the industry or whatever we are doing. This is something that, that we try to do in every aspect of what we are doing and working with. And I have a friend from Munich who founded a company that basically works like Tinder for agencies, if you will. So you do or a matchmaking service for agencies where you just basically give away what you need, maybe a kind of budget you have, and they suggest companies or agencies in this case that might fit to you. And I reached out to a few of them and received offers and talked to them, but it never really clicked. Also, sometimes the budget just was way out of range. 
for us since we're a small company coming out of COVID. There's a limited budget available, but still we, we needed quality and we knew this, this is going to be interesting to, to find somebody that works with us that we can afford, but also who has an approach that's unique. And at the end of this, let's call it RFP seasons or the comparison between all those uh, agencies and services, we decided to work with Sonia because they had the most modern approach to us or also we, we trusted them the most because the, from the beginning on, they were open and told us that's what we're going to do and that's what we're not going to do. And if we're working together, we have to do it in a very agile and iterative way rather than you're sending us your briefing and a few weeks later we're coming back and you tell us what you like or what you don't like. And that really spoke to us and was quite, yeah, was a good decision in the, <laughs> uh, to, <laughs> to take. Awesome. And I like how you said that it started with this idea of like, we need a new logo and then you kind of zoomed out a little bit more. And I think, like you said, looked at things like from the whole kind of brand identity. Can you share a bit more, maybe Sonia, could you share a bit more of like what some of the key milestones are in a project like this and the kind of timelines that you guys had for this as well? Yeah. So we, we did it in a more agile way. And the first impression someone has when, when you say the word agile, it's all about yeah, very chaotic and very flexible and not structured, but it's the complete opposite because it's a very structured way and it's based on some, some rules that are very important. So it's about transparency and very early feedback. So you, so you work in some kind of small loops and you don't deliver some kind of ready-made solution because the client is part of the solution. So Big Mama had to really yeah, work together with us and really spend a lot of time and very intensive time with us there in Leipzig because we, we had our workspace at Big Mama in Leipzig. We spent three weeks on site and two weeks remote and then one more week on site, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that uh, a long time ago, but I don't remember it uh, quite well, but yeah. It's all um, a blur. It was just like, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, it feels like it was it was it was really fast for me you know the, the weeks we spent together went by so fast because we worked so much and she really made us work and she yeah pinpointed out a lot of things that we just mentioned in a sentence here and there but she she really made us think about what we just said and why is it that way and what might be yeah an easy thing for us to understand. It's not easy to understand for somebody in the outside. And she wanted us, and she did a great, great job there to, to really extract all those different aspects of the brand and things that we are about. Yeah. What I heard very, very often when I was at Big Mama was, well, that's the way we are. <laughs> and I always try to figure out, okay, so let's talk about how you are and what makes you different and how you approach things. And yeah, what is the big mama feeling you try to incorporate in the visual identity and also in the brand strategy. But yeah, so we, we started with a deep dive really into the big mama culture and into the product as well. So we experienced big mama uh, for ourselves. So we stayed there a few days and I, I even uh, brought my family with me. So that was really amazing. <laughs> so we had a good time in Berlin and in Leipzig as well. 
And yeah, so we, we deep dived into the culture. We even spoke to David's mother, Clarissa Maya, who founded the Big Mama. She's the OG Big Mama, if you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we had a deep dive and then we started to develop the design or, or the, the first impression or the first look and feel with the sea level together and uh, showed them every day our results so they we were all in one room and talking about design decisions so they were they were part of it from the beginning and i guess another huge milestone was in week five or six where we invited the whole team again to to show them what we call the gallery walk so we, we put together a little gallery of our first look and feel or our visual perception of the Big Mama brand. And we showed them our results and we didn't ask them how they like it. So if they like it or not, but we talked about the decisions we made and why we chose that color, for example, or the typography. And yeah, we asked them if there's something we missed out or if there's something we we didn't have in mind and so it's because it's always hard to talk about design because it's very subjective you like it or you don't like it and yeah but at the end of the day the staff or the c level is not the one who decides on good design or not but it's the the target group yeah maybe so we, maybe we dive into the target group yeah. a little bit yeah <laughs> Um, <laughs> because in the even before we started with Sonia and the team, we did a, a survey among our staff what they think our brand stands for. But we also talked with our most frequent guests in qualitative interviews, if you will, sometimes even up to one and a half hours to talk about them. How do you perceive Big Mama Hotels? What do you like about us? What do you don't like? Why do you come back? And what do you think Big Mama actually stands for? And we put all those findings together in some kind of word cloud and found out that we already had a big idea of who we are, or at least what our current guests experience us and our staff members experience us. And But we wanted to have a more yeah, detailed view of the target group and have more data available to actually know who we are addressing. And so we... Uh, decided to look at the so-called sinus milieus. That's a big study from Germany conducted by a company who look into psychographics rather than demographics. So they arrange people with similar values, a similar lifestyle and a comparable social situation into groups of like-minded people. And maybe you've seen those potato graphs that are somewhere somehow. Look it up. Sinus milieu is something to really uh, wrap your head around. Maybe you can put a link into the description that that would be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely do that. And yeah, we compared our findings, what we had in our surveys, also with what we have to offer and with the different milieus. And yeah, basically found the perfect match with one of those milieus in there, the so-called adaptive pragmatic middle class and we found what they actually need is something that we can deliver and they need a feeling of belonging but they also need flexibility they want to be entertained but all in all this all they use needs to be very useful 
And we said, yeah, that's a perfect match. We, we are what they need. And lucky for us, that's actually also the fastest growing target group in, in Germany. So there are lots of people out there who, who are potential guests for us. In the target group that you also talked about now, I just actually looked it up. Uh, I can see what you mean with potato-like shaped graph. <laughs> is this also something with age range that you said, okay, this is the age range of our target group, or is that not a factor that was yeah. considered? The age means nothing to us to be yeah. very blunt because we think you can be 25 and very conservative, or you can be 55 and very modern and very open to everything new. And age doesn't really play a role nowadays, at least for us. And um, that's what we meant with we're rather looking into psychographics than demographics because the 50-year-old male from Berlin earning this and that might not be the same one around the corner and because they have different values and different backgrounds and yeah so we think this and also because it has so many there's so much data available of those different milieus where we learned how they communicate how they share their information with each other how do they learn about traveling how do they travel and this is something we always kept in front of us while we were discussing colors while we were discussing how to arrange information because yes they want to be entertained but at the same time they want to feel uh, secure of what they are actually purchasing so we always had to find out is it more of an information character that we want to communicate with this specific website maybe or item that we hang out or is it entertainment to make their stay worthwhile and to just maybe while they're waiting for the elevator to come have something to be occupied with. Yeah, I really like the concept that you mentioned about the psychographics versus demographics, because I think the traditional approach that we're all known is the saying of saying, okay, my target group is, let's say, 24 to 34 year old. But like you said, so many things actually changed and it doesn't mean that your traveler can't be 50 or 60 who loves technology and maybe a 23 year old who doesn't love technology. So I think it's a very, very interesting way of um, looking at things and discovering mm -hmm. as well who your target group is. Exactly. And, and if you look around how people travel, you know, there's, I'd say, maybe a group of women in their 60s having enough time at their hands and trying to discover new cities. So they're maybe staying with us. And the next time they're coming to us with their grandchildren. And that's one of the things we, we want to give them something to, to entertain themselves, but also to entertain their peers and to communicate where they were, that, you know, they, they uplift themselves with staying with us in a way. Because... They, they communicate where they are, hey, look, guys, I'm in this funny hotel and I don't know, this guy here just gave us a bottle of Prosecco for free and we had the time of our life and you should stay here because they also have dorms for backpackers and so on. And yeah, that, that works really well, I think, and is, is also the future if you look into maybe how you guys travel or if you tra if you have family, it might be the case that you and Sonia is one of the best examples. They, she traveled with her family to us, but her family spent the day in the zoo and she worked with us. Or the one day you're you're staying with us because you have a business meeting and uh, the next day your family arrives because you want to experience the destination. So you need to be flexible. By the way, Tobias, uh, a glass of gin would be more on brand than uh, a bottle of Prosecco. But <laughs> <laughs> Totally right, totally right. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I guess we'll try which one works best for uh, this group of people. <laughs> I was just raising my uh, brand index finger. 
so yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, that's awesome really strict with us but that's good we're <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so the insights that you got about like your target guests so you had that towards the start of this process so when you started presenting some of the iterations of the brand to the team as well like that's all incorporated and in when you're presenting the brand but, yeah team. we yeah, selected the target group even before we started. There was one important thing that we did in advance and had to help up all through the, the this process. And during the time when we identified different values that we have, so in a very playful way, we tested out if this is actually true, what we found out in our survey, and if it's actually a match for our target group. Yeah. So when we were in the deep dive phase, we all came together and we worked with so-called empathy map, which helps you to get a deeper sense of your target group. So we talked about what does the target group see or hear or think or say, or what are their pains and gains. And yeah, we had some parts of the staff joining us and they told us about the frequently asked questions at the reception desk. And we also digged a little deeper into the ratings, into the, the words the target group uses when they talk about big mama hotels and they stay there so that we get a better understanding of the target group. Yeah, that's awesome. I also love the idea of um, including everyone from the hotel, not just, let's say, sea level, but really also asking the receptionist and saying, what are the questions that you usually get day in and day out? Because everyone probably has such a different input to a day at Big Mama. So putting that all together is great. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. Because what we hear from our team members might already be filtered in a, in a way. And if there's somebody neutral coming in like Sonia and they, they might be more open and they don't fear they're telling something they're not allowed to, to say or so. And we also took this approach because we, we think we needed an identification from the beginning on with the brand. And if we make them part of this process, it's their product as well, where everybody worked on it and they were part of how it developed. And now they can take it up as their own. And I guess it's easier to adopt something if you really worked on it rather than being pushed on you. Yeah, you feel like you're you're a part of it, like you almost have ownership over over where it's going as well. And yeah. it's so important that they understand why it's time for rebranding. And it's so important that they understand that working on brand or brand identity is yeah, really a good idea, especially in the hotel industry, because the staff behavior makes so much impact on the, the guest experience and the, the brand perception they have. So it really makes sense to incorporate the, the stuff from the beginning on. Yeah. That's awesome. And so when you were like sharing the direction with the team, did you share it to everybody all at once or how did you approach it? Did you start with some kind of key stakeholders and then bring it to everybody? No, we, we conducted this gallery walk in every hotel and we invited everybody and even those who were not able to be present personally, we took in with a team session, for example, and they were part of it or we tried to have really everybody part of this gallery walk and collect feedback um, on what we might have been missing and had really great discussions during that time because the cool thing also especially for for us being responsible rolling it out we had arguments for every question why did we use this specific font we were able to argue because our target group 
does this and that because they like this and that and that's why we chose that we knew more to say about something versus because i also made the other experience when i send out a briefing and six weeks later i received a cool design and it was like yeah okay that's that looks nice let's bring it to everybody and yeah if you receive questions then you can't really answer it's quite yeah disturbing for everybody i guess so this way it made also myself really comfortable to talk about the brand and this is i'm eating breathing living this brand now and know everything about it and most of the people uh, that have been an active part of it as well and we don't need to raise those brand ambassadors they are already there because they were part of this uh, brand creation process that's so cool and so like when you're able to share the whole story behind it everything kind of makes sense to everybody else or you can explain like the whole the whole picture to everybody as well that's yeah. awesome another question we have for you is learnings now there must be i was just about to say a word that i shouldn't say on a podcast there must be a big big amount of learnings you got but what were some unexpected ones do you have somewhere like oh i didn't expect this i mean you said you also of course sent out the surveys to your guests were there some results where you were a little bit surprised or other learnings just throughout the whole journey i i wouldn't say that we had unexpected learnings but we had some challenges to face mm -hmm. for sure the first thing was that you really have to when when you incorporate your employees into this process you really have to make sure that they don't have the expectation that it is a kind of democratic decision so that when they say um, yeah. <laughs> they don't like the color blue for for example and you decide on keeping that color that is the way it goes so it, you you ha really have to to make sure that they are not yeah unsatisfied with it or or you you even have the the opposite impact on your employees because you you stick to your decision so you have to to really make this transparent at the beginning of the process. Yeah, um, like so we're we not doing one... we're not doing marketing by committee. Like this is yeah, it's not yeah. <laughs> exactly like this. Yeah, exactly. And th that is one really important aspect. And also another one is that it's kind of a it's kind of change management. So a rebranding is always a change and you really have to find a way to moderate this and to get along with all these feelings of fear, fear of letting go, for example. So we have one employee that was missing the, the skyline in the old logo and we really had to describe why we took the decision to get rid of the, the skyline, for example. And so, you, yeah, you have to have a huge amount of time to, to do this change process. Yeah. And I think a very good quote to describe this process is that it takes a village to raise a child. For people who have children, they might know what this is about, because if you have just born something new, you need to keep it alive. It's not just there and just lying there. And uh, the same applies to a brand. Uh, you need to take care of it. You need everybody's commitment to protect it, but also to develop it further. And that's one of the big challenges that we also seen. And what I honestly have been underestimating in terms of how many things there are in all those hotels that need to be changed. And this is something I cannot do by myself. I would go crazy because I, first of all, I don't know all those signs hanging around and all those uh, things where everything is. And that's where I need the support of everybody in the team, housekeeping, front office, whoever. 
And yeah, learning that and Sonia suggested a great tool how we can overcome this issue as well, that we decided to work with Canva and created some brand templates with different signs, for example, where they can easily just drag and drop things and change the text of something and be able to roll it out basically by themselves. So they do not need to approach us. If, for example, the elevator doesn't work, they can um, do this by themselves in, in five minutes or even less. That's and... awesome. I, I just swear by Canva. And I think it makes it so easy as well, because in case anybody's listening that hasn't used it before, you can even upload like your uh, entire like brand kit. So all the colors are in there, all the logos are in there. So like if somebody's adding a heading, it's just straight away in the right font in the right colors. So I think it's just like, it's a, a marketer's dream, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. it's kind of Photoshop for dummies and Sonia felt really comfortable giving it to me then and <laughs> so she, she yeah you have to say <laughs> you really have to say it's not a designer's dream yeah of course because yeah I think they're they're going nuts when they see normal people using that stuff but we managed a good way to to upload some templates for Big Mama just to frame it a little bit so that they can work with it and they're still on brand and everybody is happy with it. So that, awesome. there's maybe one more thing that was challenging. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. No, no, um, as many as you can think of. <laughs> really important thing was really getting to know each other before the process started, because we really need a lot of trust before we work so close and before we have working so close on a design, for example, because it's quite challenging to be very transparent at the beginning of the process when you share your design idea and you really have to have a good imagination on client side, of course. So yeah, this is uh, one more important point maybe that was challenging, but well, but we're very, we are social, we are social people at Big Mama. So I think it was easy for Sonia to get accommodated <laughs> and we even dragged her to her first Indian food experience. We're really proud of that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's a, that was also a learning then. <laughs> yeah. For me personally, learning, yeah. <laughs> One last question for the both of you actually is what are your main takeaways, let's say top three takeaways that you could give to any hotelier who's actually listened to this episode and wants to maybe go into the direction of rebranding or is thinking about it? What are some main takeaways? For me, it's well, when you think of brand or branding, you always have some kind of limitation in mind, I guess. So we all learned that you have a good idea and then you first have to to rearrange it with brand or with marketing and you have to get the approval of them so we we learned that branding is some kind of a limitation but actually it's really a great enabler for everything it's so good to incorporate your employees in this process so that they you really have them on the same page and um you have huge potential to to get them really identified with your vision and with your assets and with your brand core. And so for me, it's really, yeah, please invest in this kind of new culture, new brand culture, so to say. And this would be my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, I can I can only agree. This is awesome because most people talk about external factors when talking about the brand, but it's so much more um, to it and it has such a, a big effect on 
internal use and internal behavior if you if you create this brand with everybody together and you have this identification of the staff with it the belonging they are the, your brand ambassadors who else than them know what to say about it you can hire as many influencers that you want but they will stop talking about you when you pay them money but if you treat your employees right they will even talk about you even if they left the company so I can imagine this is yeah one of the key things I can only agree to, but also be decisive. <laughs> On the other hand, you need to take decisions and sometimes you need to, need to take yeah, hard decisions or that feel hard because a lot of people uh, give you other subjective opinions that, that might not be reflecting the opinion of the target group, but they might be an important peer to you. And this is hard sometimes to, to see, okay, we worked hard on something, but you don't really like this, but you're important to me. But let's be honest, you're not the target group. Our target group will love it. And we had similar discussions also internally, and this was a challenge. And this is something where you need to be strong and stand your ground. And in the best case, of course, know why you took this decision, have a lot of data available. That's the foundation for this decision. I also love that you said be decisive because I can imagine that it's not easy if you have different options and then you think, oh, but this could also be nice or that's also nice. So you actually have to come to a consensus at the end of the day to say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going forward. Um, otherwise, a rebranding can probably take very long. <laughs> yeah. How long is a piece of string almost? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today and sharing what the experience of the process was like and uh, your learnings. We had a super fun time. I'm just speaking on behalf of Nadine now. Like, Nadine had a great time. No, I had a really fun time. <laughs> Nadine had a great time. <laughs> yeah, us as well, I guess. Well, I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, how about you? That was so much out of comfort zone. <laughs> I don't know whether I had a good time or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did amazing. You did amazing. But for those of you listening at home, thank you so much for listening today please share your thoughts with us if there's anything you think we've missed or if you have any questions about any of the topics that we've covered today please get in touch with us at welcome at hotelchamp.com and make sure to follow hotel champ on all of your favorite social media channels stay tuned for more episodes in the future take care of yourself have a great day and bye-bye 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 <laughs>